Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us in the Weekly Standard is Mark Hemingway, who's been watching the IRS scandal story from the beginning. Markets one year ago this week that we first had the planted question and the apology from Lois Lerner for behavior that now, we're told, never happened in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's kind of remarkable that uh, um, when you consider how much the... Well, first of all, this came out as a result of a GAO report. The IRS admitted wrongdoing. The White House said that they were going to be all over this and they were going to take care of the scandal. And then, you know, flash forward to, you know, last February where, where President Obama is saying there's not a smidgen of corruption here. I mean, it's just amazing how this scandal has tracked with how politically vulnerable it makes the White House. Now that the White time has passed, the White House thinks that they're not politically vulnerable, but they don't care about it. And uh, it, it's really kind of astonishing that here we are, you know, a year later, no answers about what's going on and no clear priority that the, the no, no sense that the White House is making it a clear priority to get to the bottom of it. Well, and that's the part that's surprising to me when you talk about the uh, uh, w- w- how amazing it is that the press has shown so little interest. So we already have an admission of essential guilt. That is, yes, there was this bolo beyond the lookout list, and the na- the words on the list were clearly intended to catch Tea Party or opponents of Obama groups, and uh, clearly acknowledged that even after the IRS commissioner had testified there was no targeting, they uh, that IRS commissioner, of course, then resigned, and we got a report that, yes, of course there was targeting. This is the kind of story that seems like it's made for the media. You can see Woodward and Bernstein salivating over it, Mark. Where is the press one year later? Well, you know, I don't know. That's a good question, because uh, um, what's interesting is that um, so we just had a vote in Congress, right, uh, to appoint a special prosecutor uh, for the IRS scandal, and uh, 26 Democrats voted with Republicans in the House to um, on for this special prosecutor. And one of the interesting things about this was, is I think this idea, one of the very first people to propose a special prosecutor was Bill Keller of the New York Times, the former, you know, editor of, of the New York Times. Right. So, you know, there was a time early on when the media was at least posturing that, you know, this is an important thing to look into and that, you know, people should be held accountable. But, I mean, the reality is, is well, we all know what the reality of this is, is that the media doesn't care because Tea Party groups are being hassled and this abuse of power was being, tar- this abuse of power was targeted to people that they don't like. So they don't think anybody really suffered here. But the, when the president himself declared it an outrage and the Department of Justice itself said that people would be, you know, uh, the, the uh, prosecutor or that the case would be followed all the way to the end. And now literally nobody is being punished. Lois Lerner has pled the fifth. And uh, and, and that's the extent of the story. Does I mean, do Democrats in Congress and in the White House and do their uh, water carriers, the media really believe that targeting average citizens is a story that's going to die without a whimper? Um, you know, that's a good question here. I mean, like I said, we've seen a little bit of momentum on this because 26 Democrats did vote with Republicans for the special prosecutor. And further, after the, they um, voted to hold the uh, um, learner in contempt, all of a sudden the IRS coughed up all the emails to congressional investigators that had previously said it would take them years to get. Um, so... I think that there there is some sort of uh, um, movement here, but but what I find really interesting about this is that 
you know, I don't see any particular evidence that, uh, um, you know, this virus scandal, as horrible as it is, and I'm not saying it's anything other than horrible, necessarily leads to the White House or, or anything of the sort. And so if that's the case, why is there all this stonewalling on it? Is it just they think it's politically damaging election year? I mean, that could be it. But, you know, either way, it seems to me that the people at the top of the, the food chain in the government uh, have no incentive to be obstructing this, and yet they seem to want to drag their feet as much as possible. You know, which brings me to the uh, key question. I, I think that the Benghazi story is important, and I absolutely be- we know that the American people are lied to and that there are things here that we need to know that we still don't. But if I were thinking purely politically, Mark, wouldn't the story that resonates with the average American the most by far and away be the IRS scandal where where women like that, the woman who started True the Vote in Texas, found their businesses investigated, found themselves investigated by the ATF, had six visits from the FBI after a life of never having had a single visit by any of these groups? I mean, that's... Real live people suffering real live political intimidation. Why aren't Republicans embracing this story the same way? You know that is a really good question. Um, uh, the only thing I can I can I can the only possible response I have to explain this is that there's a little more blood in the water with regard to Benghazi. This the scandal is is two years old as opposed to one year old. So, for instance, the recent revelations of the emails about uh, um, the, with the talking points in the video and. and some of the things that are approaching a smoking gun in the Benghazi case uh, um, make it seem to be a little more of a juicy political target, um, whereas we don't quite have any smoking guns in the uh, IRS scandal yet in terms of it you know, leading to the top corridors of, of power. Um, but you're right, and absolutely right, in terms of resonance, and, and there's certainly enough terrible things out there you'd think that this would be a prime election year issue and they'd be talking about it i mean and it's not just the irs i mean you know the irs scandal is a, is a good proxy for all the other abuses of power you know, the landowners are finding all having who have run into the epa and uh you know any right. other federal big ham-handed federal agency uh um you know people don't like their interactions with government whether it's obamacare the epa the irs so uh, you know, you think it'd be a good proxy issue for them, but uh, you're right. But then I'm talking about it. Uh, another uh, story that's happening, we're talking about the anniversary of, uh, of the IRS scandal. It's also primary day in another state, including Nebraska. And I know that the Weekly Standard has been following the U.S. Senate Republican primary closely in Nebraska. How did things look? You know, it's really interesting. It's, it's, it, uh, it started out as a two-way race in Nebraska between uh, um, Ben Sass, who's a former Bush administration official, and uh, um, president of the University of Nebraska, and uh, Shane Osborne is a guy who is a former state treasurer in Nebraska. But it turned into a third, a three-way race uh, at the end, of, uh, as, as we got closer to the primary date, because um, there was a rich, self-funding businessman uh, named Sid Dinsdale, who was a moderate in the race and uh, um, really made some traction as Osborne's campaign kind of imploded. So it's been a really interesting race to to watch. There's been a lot of angling there. Um, it looks like Ben Sass, who's sort of the Tea Party favorite, um, is going to um, uh, w- uh, win tonight, uh, according to all the latest polls. Um, but it's 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 interesting if that that happens because uh, the race has been sort of a, a, a um, indicative of the intra-party disputes between the Tea Party and the establishment. Uh, um, ben was endorsed by Ben Sass was endorsed by uh, Senate Conservative Fund, which is a Tea Party group aligned Jim DeMint, who's been at war with Mitch McConnell, who's the Republican right. minority leader in the Senate right now. 
So if SAS pulls this out, it'll be uh, seen as a big blow for the Republican establishment and a big win for the Tea Party. And it looks like that's going to happen. You know, I wish this much energy were spent fighting the people who are <laughs> screwing us through the IRS and not protecting our consulates in Benghazi and blowing a hole in our budget with Obamacare rather than Republicans turning fire on other Republicans. Well, you know, let me tell you how crazy this race has been in this regard. The Center for Public Integrity just put out a study showing that three times as much money has been spent by conservative and Republican independent expenditure groups attacking other Republicans as Democrats this year. Now, obviously there have been a lot of primary elections and things like that, but, you know, that kind of disproportionate uh, uh, money attacking fellow Republicans it just seems absolutely crazy. And the Nebraska race was no exception. Just in the last week or two, the craziest thing happened, which was that a big independent expenditure group, group from out of state started dumping incredibly negative ads against Ben Sass, which, by the way, were also very dishonest. They were citing quotes from a newspaper that the newspaper had said were taken out of context. And that independent expenditure group attacking Ben Sass, the treasurer of it was, I'm not making this up, the campaign manager of Tom Cotton, which, you know, <laughs> is the other big high-profile uh, um, Senate race in Arkansas. And... Uh, as it happens, that, that guy is also a former campaign manager for Mitch McConnell. So, I mean, the wasted resources and effort that goes into these inter-party Republican wars is just, you know, crazy. Um, and you think it's got to stop at some point. You know, if SAS pulls out a victory tonight on and maybe some cooler heads will prevail heading into November. And, you know, Mitch McConnell and the Tea Party will realize they don't necessarily need to be at war. Well, just remember this, Mark. Whenever you look down the barrel of a Republican gun, you will inevitably see a Republican foot. And that's just how <laughs> things work. Mark Hemingway, thanks so much for joining us here on the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.